up the top stars from Hollywood and from all over the world to entertain you on a giant screen with the few colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading it's about. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. We're delighted to have you with us. They're driving theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. It's pleased to bring you our Fifi feature presentation. What's up, boys and girls? It is Monday night. It is 8 o'clock Central Standard Time, and you are tuned into the Drive-In Speaker Box. We're going to be talking to you about movies and stuff about movies and things related to movies and probably TV, mm-hmm. because everything's on a TV these days. Most of your movies are on TV. Yeah. Uh, Velvet Santa was just talking about Last of Us TV show. That's apparently the big TV. thing. But uh, I'm your host, Bo, the Boom Operator. I'm Slick Doggy the Grip. And we're going to be talking to you for the next hour. So uh, if you're tuning in live, you can join into the chat, which a lot of people over here already have over on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. You can just search for the Drive-In Speakerbox. Drive-In has a hyphen, Speakerbox, all one word. Uh, We've already got a big Twitch thing. We usually start Twitch a little bit early for our Twitch viewers and our subscribers there, so you can get into that action. Uh, Shout-outs to Adam over on YouTube for just now joining us. And if you want to catch this show on the go or or not look at our stupid mug, you can you can download us wherever it is you download podcasts. So we do have the audio version of this, um, but it's a lot more fun doing it live, don't you think? Just yeah, ask Bill O'Reilly. Doing it live, yeah, we're doing it live. Uh, but anyway, we're going to be talking about some movies tonight. I went and saw. Um, I, I I saw this. I didn't get to talk about it last week, which was last week was a weird week because of snow. I think we just only did Twitch. We tried to do, well, I don't know. Last week was crazy. I blocked it out of my memory. But uh, I'm going to talk about Skidamarink, which I saw in theaters. Um, kind of a horror movie that uh, everybody's been talking about. And then I also went and saw the new M. Night Shyamalan's uh, Knock at the Cabin, which I'm going to be talking about. And what about you? Uh, well, since Knock at the Cabin was really the only thing in theaters that was new, uh, I, of course, am bringing you some of uh, Grip's foreign films. I watched the uh, new Telugu release, Michael. All right. So we got three movies to talk about today. We're going to po- talk about some news. We're going to talk about what you, you guys want us to talk about in the comments. Thanks, um, Velvet Santa. Lots of stuff going on there. Um, Dance with the foreign films. Velvet Santa on Twitch says, back when he worked in a factory, we were his secret podcast hidden in his three millimeter earmuffs. Uh, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I think the coolest story, though, and I don't know if this person still watches the show or listens, but one of the most heartwarming emails that I've ever gotten from doing this show for as many years as I've been doing this show was I got an email from prison, and it was a person who was in jail. And Me and all the other ladies think you're real cute. Well, I mean, sort of, but not really, because they couldn't watch me. It me was and just, all the other fellas. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a lady, and uh, this was back when, when I was on the radio, and uh, she had messaged and said that, you know, Monday, she reserved her Mondays for radio time, because uh, they had like a radio that you could take to your cell or whatever, and it really helped her get through. I mean, she just like looked forward to Mondays. And it helped her get through her time in, in jail. And I, I just thought that that was kind of an incredible thing. Because, um, you know, I don't... You never know who you're going to impact just sitting up here talking about dumb crap. Um, 
So maybe we're, we're, we're doing the, the work. Yeah, apparently we're popular places they're not supposed to be. Furious apologies, sitting there with, with the phone hidden underneath. The paperwork. The paper. Getting you through your work day. Because uh, Furious Apology, if I'm not mistaken, that viewer right now, uh, he's in, uh, or she, I don't even know what gender you are. It doesn't matter. Uh, from Australia, uh, I believe. So, wow, that's crazy. Um uh, Tuesday afternoon treat. So we're we're down under your stack of papers. So there we go. Well, I don't know what that was. <laughs> what down under? Yeah. Um, or anything in range of KXUA. Yeah, back in those days when we were in a KXUA uh, eighty eight point three here locally in in Northwest Arkansas. But anyway, anyway, we're here live broadcasting on the World Wide Web to all of you guys, and we're happy that you're here. Um. Any, let's jump into some news. This is what we do at the beginning of the show. We talk about some news, stuff that happened in the past week. Uh, again, you know, lots of superhero bits, lots of all that Marvel MCU stuff that I don't really want to talk about. Um, the George P. Wilbur, who was a, a famous stuntman, died at 81. Uh, he was in a lot of um, classics, Die Hard, Poltergeist, Halloween movies. He died you know. doing a stunt. Probably not. Probably not at age 81. I mean, probably. I, I guess going to the kitchen at age 81 is probably a stunt, so um, you never know. Um, what else? The, I, I had some notes, but... Yeah, I, I also did. I left them uh, at work, as I do sometimes. You know what I do remember, though? Uh, talking other end of Disney news, since you said I don't want to talk Marvel, Star Wars. Uh, this past week, Liam Neeson said that he doesn't ever want to reprise the role of Qui-Gon again. Which is a total bummer because Qui-Gon's the coolest. Yeah, but isn't Liam Neeson like 81? Like, Maybe, you know, yeah. uh, he's getting on up there. I mean, he's in this new movie that's coming out, not this say, weekend, he, but next weekend. Yeah, like two or three movies that yeah. came out this last year. Yeah, where he's got another set of skills. He's a private eye and he's got a set of skills. Uh, it might have just been returning to filming in Star Wars doing uh, Obi-Wan show. <laughs> oh, wow. Furious apology. Qui-Gon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it, maybe it was the return to filming where he was just like, I'm not going to be in the desert or the swamp. I'm too old for this crap. You know, uh, I'm oh. just not going to do it. Dina says he's only like 70, LOL. And, and okay, so the thing about, it's just because he gets cast as all these like action heroes. Like, you know, he's never just like playing a 70-year-old. He's playing like a dude that's got to go beat up a lot of other dudes. And it just becomes increasingly less believable, which makes him feel way older in my head. Well, that's why um, I like to, like, run all night or whatever. Mm -hmm. He was just, like, an old, tired dude, and he was Was like, that the one where he's getting an Alzheimer's hitman? No. Uh, that one was called, like, Memory. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was the one where the dude that played the new RoboCop uh, got into trouble, oh, and Liam yeah. Neeson was his dad, mm -hmm. and they had to, like, run from the, uh, the assassins or whatever. I don't know. Um... But speaking of, uh, you know, uh, Velvet Sand in the comments said, is Liam doing a reboot of The Naked Gun? I, I did hear rumblings of that. We did. Hey, Vince, thanks for the uh, gift subs. I did hear some rumblings of that. I don't know if it's confirmed. I think that would be really cool. I do think Liam Neeson would be great in that role. Uh, like um, him taking over Leslie Nielsen's spot? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. If someone's going to do it, that's I think that's uh, the best choice. Um, but speaking of weird remakes and reboots, um, I know what you did last summer is getting a weird legacy sequel somehow, um, which makes absolutely no sense to me. But they are going to try and re reprise both Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Uh, they're in talks to reprising that role from the 1997 film. 
that's where we are, guys. That's where we are, where we need to have legacy sequels to movies like this. I don't know. The, the 90s are back in full force. Uh, that's awful. I hate hearing that. Um, as soon as Pogs and Zubas show up, I'm, I'm done. And slap bracelets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, slap bracelets were cool, though. But Until they were like, so dumb. And That's they were dangerous. We were entertained in the 90s they were because like, we had nothing better to do. So, yo, slap. You're like, whoa, high entertainment. It, it, well, it was like razor sharp um, steel, like flat, bent, blue steel that if the little felt came off, they became deadly weapons. That's true. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't be allowed to slap prison in prison. If you slapped enough of it, the coating would come off. And yeah, it was it was danger. Uh, so I have not seen I Know What You Did last summer since it came out. Wait, you actually watched it? It was a horror movie. Yeah, there was a time when I was a kid and I would watch okay. stuff like that kind of a thing. Live but Life Dangerously. Did Freddie Prince Jr. live through that movie? <laughs> Doesn't matter. I mean, they, they'll... they'll he, he, sure. Through the power of screenwriting, he lived through that movie. Hmm. Um Anyway, uh, so that's happening. But oh, I rem- the, the big piece of the news that I did want to talk about, that, that this, this falls into the news um, category of the show, that uh, a lot of people have messaged me links. I go, have you heard about this? And um, of course I've heard about this. And it's AMC Theaters making this announcement that they are going to be changing the way that their seat pricing happens. And this is actually something we talked about on the show over a year ago, you know, it, this was something they were talking about in like before everything went completely haywire with the pandemic um, and everybody thought theaters were going to go away forever. Uh, they were talking about this. And even Steven Spielberg, like back in Jurassic Park uh, days, you know, years ago, was talking about, you know, his prediction that one day that, you know, um, much like going to a Broadway play or uh, going to a rock concert or something like this, that, you know, he predicts that one day, you know, premium seating will be a thing in theaters. So which ones are they going to consider premium seating? Like the the front row can't be it. No. Well, and so I did the deep dive. A lot of people um, were getting all up in arms people going on taken to the internet going ah how dare they raise prices like this, this is gonna be absurd the center seats cost more than the outer seats or something so as i understand it from from what i've been reading and i will break it down for you guys um because because <laughs> I, I i read all of this you know they are not increasing prices across the board for seating that's not happening if anything many seats will be discounted Okay, and I think that that's where people are kind of not paying attention here is a lot of the because I imagine the way that this went down is in a boardroom somewhere. Some AMC executives were like, we're really having a hard time filling all these seats. Maybe if we make certain seats cheaper and the ones that everybody really wants to, to see a little bit more expensive to, to, to make the bargain of the cheap seats seem more uh, more valuable, then we can get more people in because there'll be more cheaper seats. But really, when the news got put out, it goes, more expensive seats. I'm never going to the theater again. And that's kind of what's happening right now on the Internet. But here's what happens. They are breaking down into three tiers. There is the standard tier, which pricing will not change. Um, they haven't listed what those seats are. And I feel like this is where the challenge that AMC has because not like almost no two theaters are the same. You know, they're, 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 you'll go into a theater that has like 20 seats. You'll go into one that has 120 seats. Like, you know, how does, how does that work on small theaters? They haven't released that. So you have your standard seats. Then you'll have your kind of discounted <laughs> seats, which are the ADA seats will be discounted. And then, of course, you 
don't sit in those unless you are ADA, you son of a bitch. I see it all the time and I want to kick people out. Well, um, or like when we go to the movie and we got a bunch of mouth breathers sitting there and they're the only open seats where you can see the screen. And when they're not taken yeah. by the time then the movie the starts, movie starts then, then you them. can move to them. Yeah. That's fine. Um, let's see. Vince over the comments asking Bo if he heard about this is like when I asked a TV host on Twitter long ago if he knew this show got canceled. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Dina says, I still think regardless, it's incentivizing ticket presales. Um, really? Hey, thanks, Vince. What it's incentivizing is A list and Stubbs membership because here we go. Um, this is so what's happening. My A-list, the right? first two rows from what I understand, are going to be discounted rows along with ADA seating, right? And you can only get those discounts if you are a Stubbs or A-list member. Now everyone's like, oh God, that's not even fair. Stubbs is free. It is a completely free program. A-list is the premium program that you have to pay for, but Stubbs is totally free. But what that does is that collects metric data off of the tickets that you buy, when you buy them, where you sit, who you are, where you live. That is valuable information to them. They want you to subscribe into this loyalty program. That's why they give you the discounts, those whatever, and that's also why it's free. So then there will be premium seating, which will be their... um, uh, probably, I, I wouldn't think they're going to increase it all that much. I would say probably just a buck or two extra, which are probably the seats that anytime you go and look, it's the ones that are always filled up first. It's like row D and E, or like C, D, and E in the center five seats. Like that's that's the sweet spot. That's where everyone wants to sit. Where and you the, get the best sound and the best view. The best everything. Yeah. So those are going to be a little bit more expensive. But overall, again, if you're A-list... You don't you don't have to pay the premium seats, and if you want the discounts, the program is free. So really, I feel like the the program is more of a net bonus if you're willing to sign up for Stubbs, which is free, than it is a like oh my god these tickets are going to be so much more expensive. I hate going to the movies like I'm never going to go. I think AMC just has a really big problem. Well, and, and it's not necessarily AMC's problem. I think it's a bigger problem of getting information out to an audience of people in our society that have their minds made up about everything already before they even read it. Mm. And, um, you know, right now it's also only rolling out in New York, Chicago, and Kansas City. That's the only three cities. It says by the end of the year they want to roll it out for all theaters nationwide. We'll see how that goes. But as Al Topich said, bad messaging problem. Again, most people are not going to read the fine print. They're going to stop when they hear premium seats cost more they're gonna go and and be done with it well i'm with velvet santa uh where i would pay an additional premium on any kind of seats to be able to walk up to someone with a cell phone out or anything like that during the movie and slap it out of their hand or or hit them in the head or or uh something like that because uh honestly i can't stand that don't go to the movie if you're not going to watch the movie, if your Twitter feed or your Instagram is so important to you or sending Snapchats to someone matters more to you, don't go don't to my go to movie. movie. Don't yeah. do not go to my movie. Well, as Dina just said on Twitch, said many people are already signed up for Stubbs because that's how you get cheap ticket Tuesdays. And honestly, I think so many people are already signed up for this that don't realize that it's not going to cost them more and they're going to have access to these discounts not realizing that they're already in the program they're just seeing the one part and going you know and 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 people just love to fight right now and argue and, and bicker and 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 hate I'm, on stuff i'm honestly surprised that there's as many people as there are that show up to the theater and pick their seats at the box office like it's 10 years ago 
or or longer because oh, yeah. who who are you that you don't want to show up to the theater and have your reserved seat? Well, Adam just called Adam. It's what's good guy. What's good Screw guy him. is that guy. He comes. He up sucks. Like, Man, I think I'm gonna see a movie. Where do I sit, dude? I wanted popcorn the other day, and I was standing in line, and you know the it was a slow day, so the the box office was closed. You had to buy your ticket at the concession stand, and this person's like, "Well, I don't know where I want to sit." No, I was like, "Really? You waited till now?" Like, I remember when online ordering was like a a boutique thing, but now it's kind of like. Yeah, like yeah. you said, it's like, bro, come on. Vance, uh, which seat's good? Hey, man, <laughs> where are them good seats at? Yeah. And, you know, Vince just said in the comments, he said that he saw several people say that they would just buy the cheap seats and sit anywhere, which is also an asshole thing to do. And and because the world is full of assholes right now, you know, and, and people wonder why so many corporations and so many places do so much CYA because they know that people are going to try and screw and take advantage and try and sue or steal any chance they get. People cannot be trusted. And it's unfortunate because they're, all the people that, re, that complain why we can't have nice things are the reason we can't have nice things. And I think that that's the weird part of our society is most of the people are the are the cause. The, 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 the secret was in them the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Um, McLean says, as someone who works in a box office, mainly the 45 and up age order at the box office. So they'll be dead. Um, That's not who I see at AMC, though. I see like teenagers and and 20 somethings going up to the box office, which is just honestly really surprising. If they can learn how to do TikTok dances, they can learn how to, you know, buy their seats online. And I've been a stub member for so long that, you know, the online ordering fee is waived. Like there's so many perks to just ordering online now you know I was every down again when well, I go to Malco the, I'm the like, reservations Geez. waived because we're a-list well yeah and dang that it's worth it man but yeah Malco doesn't have an additional fee for yeah me. well their tickets are also $15 that's true Malco tickets are expensive and they do actually I think they do have an online convenience fee it's very small but it's like a buck or two. Oh, um, well I have the Malco sign up reward thing so do I too. I don't know how to use the points I went to uh, <laughs> I think you just well when you go to the concession you have to tell them you have it and then they have to spell out your email which is very annoying they can't oh, scan something like a list and the other day when I was watching a, something in the Rogers theater I had given my email like 12 times he's like it's not there dude I'm like really because it's right here type it in how I s- told you to spell it you idiot the Malco reward program is is broken but what's and he's funny, like at gmail <laughs> yeah, and I was like yeah idiot it's funny because uh, a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month ago I don't know time and my brain doesn't work right. I went to Malco, and this uh, one of the managers was was at the box office, and I went and actually bought tickets at the box office because it was one of those like last second like I'm just gonna go see a movie because um, I'm bored and don't have anything else in my life. And uh, I went up there, and you know their online ordering is kind of clunky. And I looked to see if they had any like weird limited release, and she's like, "Do you know that you have like three hundred thousand reward points?" And I'm like. No, I don't know how to check that. And she's like, yeah, you could have free movies for like a month. And I'm like, well, dope. Is my ticket free? And she's like, well, here, beep, beep, beep. There you go. And uh, but I was like, I have no clue how to use this except for you, ma'am, the manager. But uh, McLean says if it's maybe once a month, probably not worth getting the app. No, Stubbs is free. Get the app like it's free. It's absolutely free to join Stubbs. Also, A-list, even if you don't go watch all your movies, your A-list fee counts towards the points to get you free snacks or or movies at the next time you go so yeah i mean it's good uh night owl should just join stubs like 
AMC should be sponsoring us. Like I, I, I don't know, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great. That's true. It's a great app. AMC and and Turner uh, should should definitely pay us money for as much as we uh, sponsor friggin' um, fathom fathom events and AMC theaters. Well, uh, Velvet Santa, I don't want no stubs. Um, there you go. But anyway, I, I told you guys we'd talk about it. It's 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 not as bad as I think. You know, premium screenings. I, I the, the the where I think it's going to get very tricky and complicated is when there's fancy IMAX and 3D and Dolby and the Big D, which is a hilarious name for a product. Um, we don't have any of those in this market, so I don't have a lot of basis. We we have one IMAX, and I don't like it. Uh, you know, our Dolby, they treat our Atmos theater like every other theater, so it's not like a premium experience for that one. Uh, you just get lucky if you get in the Atmos theater, which is awesome. Because um, I guess, again, yeah, most people in our market are I have like, no idea. what's an Atmos, dude? You mean I'm paying extra for sound? I can't even see that. And, uh, just, you know, what's good guy is not going to pay for premium sound. He's like, man, I listen to all my music out of my phone speaker and it sounds great to me, dude. I don't understand. I can hear it just fine. And, um, yeah, screw those people. Let's see. Uh, okay. AMC covered that news. Any questions, uh, before we move on? Uh, did you have any news bits? Uh, there was something, and I'm struggling to remember it. That's what I'm trying to see and find, because there was something there, and I can't. Well, while you find it, let me talk about the AMC new snack that they've got. Did I talk about this yet? No. They have a new new snack at the, at the concession stand. It is hot Nutella-filled churros. And they are incredible. They are so freaking good. And they come with a little cup of frosting dip. And I have been having fantasies about these things. Like, they're so good. The, the past four movies I've gone to, I have gotten the churros. And uh, there was one day, and, and shout-outs to our local AMC. One of the managers there, I don't know her name, but you know they all know exactly who I am because I'm there like two or three times a week. But I went up there. And, uh, you know, the uh, apparently uh, kids can't use the fryer. You know, you have to be 18 or whatever to use the fryer uh, at AMC. It's just uh, high caliber equipment. And I was like, hey, I'd, I want some churros. And uh, they're like, oh, sir, I think our fryer's down right now. And plus, I'm not old enough to use it. And I'm like, oh, man, okay, well, uh, I guess that means I can't get like anything else that would have been fried, like curly fries or anything. He's like, no, sir, I'm sorry. I was like, man, I really wanted those churros. They were so good. Not your fault. I understand. But, man, I didn't go eat because I knew I was going to eat these churros. So now I'm starving. And the lady, she was like, I'm sorry. You know, I'm putting it back together right now. Hopefully we'll have it up and running in about 15 minutes. I was like, well, you know, I guess it's no big deal. My movie's about to start. But thanks thanks anyway. This lady. Thanks for nothing. No, 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 no. Get this. I need to know. I need to at AMC and give her a, a merit badge because she went and went into multiple theaters looking for where I was sitting and then made the churros, brought them to my seat and didn't charge me. Dang. She was like, sorry for the inconvenience. And I went up to the concession stand afterwards, like, I need to pay for these churros. And she's like, no, you don't. And I go, yes, I do. I ate them and they were delicious. And you brought them to me. So let me give you money. And she's like, no, that's on me. I see you here all the time. And I was like, 
Well, thank you so maybe, much. Maybe don't say anything because she'll get in trouble for giving away movie snacks because they're hardcore about that. But what I really hope is that she went through all of the theaters and uh, there's a comedian who has a bit about Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and like the movie theater uh, overdub trailer voice guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Little Churro Boy. <laughs> and I really hope that she went through the theaters being like, oh, Churro Boy. It's Churro me. Boy. It's yeah. me. But uh, but I couldn't believe it. That was the you know, and that 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 one moment, that going above and beyond, is why I will choose our AMC almost every time. Uh, you know, shout outs to my homies at Malco. Like you know, they I've got some friends that work there, but uh, and they make a damn fine cheeseburger. But man, bringing me churros to my seat, and not finding, searching me out, knowing that I needed those churros. God, it was like a Christmas miracle. It was so good. Um, okay, anyway, that's my my AMC new snack, those churros. Um, and as Vince just said on Twitch, it almost makes you cry because most people try to do as little as possible. Yes, it's true. Most people just, I would have, if I had gotten run over in the, the, the parking lot outside, most of them would be like, oof, meh. You know, but but this lady like went above and beyond and made sure I got my churros and made sure I was happy because she'd seen me a lot in the theater and um, she knows I'm a good customer and uh, yeah I, I, I that 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 really um, that meant a lot I know as as a weird just gesture anyway uh, that's all I had to say about that let's talk about what movies are coming out in theaters this weekend because it is Valentine's Day weekend so big date night. You know, um, take your partner, your loved one, or go by yourself and cry into your Oreo popcorn like I did the other day when I went and saw Living. But um, there are movies coming out this to weekend. Your so. Oreo popcorn. Oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, sad, but um, there is only one big movie that's coming out nationwide that is um, surely. Uh, going to 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 the delight of 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 many people who love looking at uh, Channing Tatum's wet, greasy, muscular um, uh, figure dancing upon the silver screen, and it is Magic Mike's Last Dance coming out. Uh, Selma Hayek, Cham- Channing Tatum, um, who I like, Channing Tatum. He's a funny dude. He's fun to watch on screen. Uh, I saw the first Magic Mike in theaters because I went to go review it because it's a, it was a Steven Soderbergh movie, as all of these have been, and it was a very weird seeing this movie in theaters um, because I don't know if you guys remember um, how, and, it, and it's strange, beha- behavior, things that we accept <coughs> in certain circumstances and things that we would put people in prison for and others it's very weird but i don't know if you guys remember it was like right around the time like the first magic mic happened and uh women were like masturbating in the theaters like bringing vibrators and stuff into the theaters and they're just like oh don't do that you guys but magic mike but do you remember paul rubin oh, yeah. yeah paul rubin goes to one goes adult to an adult theater, theater. Yeah. And can't can't tug it for like five seconds, but but yeah, it was. And when I went to when I went to see Magic Mike, it was insane. I was literally the only straight dude in this theater. And you got tore apart. No, I did not. I uh, I witnessed a lot of bloodthirsty, horny people in this theater. Like like it was it was 
indiscernible from when I went to see like the re-release of Star Wars when it when it came back in theaters for the very first time and people were in the audience were going, Oh you know, and like freaking out and like you, you walked in like Terminator and T three where he goes into that like uh, that strip club and all the women are there and you're just like Arnold walking in <laughs> talk through the hand uh, but yeah it was wild and people were screaming and going oh baby and like yelling and everybody was cheering each other on when one person would like make a really crass comment about what they would do to Channing Tatum and uh, and then like yeah girl and I'm like what the hell is happening in this theater and uh, I don't know if this is going to happen again I think that was a very special time the first Magic Mike uh, but wow it was an incredible experience that was that was the ticket that stuck with me forever I've never seen that in a, in a theater it was very much a crowd mentality um, over, over Channing Tatum's well oiled physique but um Pretty insane, as James over on Facebook said. Now that's entertainment. But anyway, the third in the franchise is coming out. I think this one's going to be a little toned down, as we've all seen Channing Tatum now. Um, but uh, that's coming out. Also, as um, Dinosaurus says, uh, Titanic is getting a re-release this weekend. So again, another great Valentine's classic that uh, you know generally one person in the relationship will drag the other one to see that movie. That's the only way that I saw it. Um, Titanic. Titanic that when oh, it got has, re-released has Billy, Billy Zane I know trying to kill that baby um, is it trying to kill this him? is my baby let me on uh, and then it's they're like no like, and he goes Poop. I was gonna say that doesn't happen <laughs> it's not like they let him on he's like well tough luck did it, kid did it show him like gently handing it to its appropriate parents no or that, did it cut away where he tosses that thing overboard no that was the last time you see him but what you don't know he is probably that, tossed it but he probably ended up raising that kid once they got back to America oh you give Mr. Zane too much credit in that film um Let's see. Uh, Night Ashley asks, I've never been to a Chippendale show. I actually have. I worked, uh, I was working sound for a, uh, a music, or it was a, a, a nightclub that um, was actually one of Tony C's nightclubs, and he would bring the Chippendale dancers, and I was doing doing some sound work. And it's, it's wild. It is just like rabid, like starved animals. Like, you know, and then you're chumming the water and, and all of these ladies are like shark eyed trying to it's it's something else. It's bizarre um, and totally acceptable, um, which is is weird. Um, anyway, uh, James said he's never seen Titanic, but movie Albert has Titanic on Laserdisc. Maybe <laughs> that's cool. Set up a screening for James so he can see it because it's wild to have never seen Titanic. That's a good one. Oh, and it has. Uh, 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 Bill Paxton in it. Oh yeah, that's right. It does have Bill Paxton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dina said she went to a Chippendales once at Kane's Ballroom. I can only imagine that being weird because Kane's Ballroom is a very—it's a basketball court with a stage on it. Yeah, that's. Hey, you know, I guess it makes a good dance floor. So, um, yeah, it was. Uh, so those movies are coming out. It's going to be a big dinner and a movie night. You know, um, d- dinner and a movie. I, I, you know, I guess that's still a very traditional date. To me, it's just kind of like Tuesday and Sundays. Like, I, I just dinner in a movie all the time. That's my M- MO, but I guess a lot of people use that as their date night. Uh, Swingin' Richards in Atlanta, says Movie <laughs> Albert on Twitch. Swingin' Richards, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Is he just like a really happening guy, or is it... Oh. Oh, see, you got it. Yeah. yeah. Takes a second. <laughs> um, man, okay. Um... There's 
a lot of hammocks in that one. Oh, I, 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 Albert, I, I definitely put two and two together on uh, th- that one. Velvet Santa uh, asked how many uh, channel points for uh, us to do Chip and Dale's dance, like Rescue Rangers, or like the Chris Farley part of that one skit with him, and no. we, we would just be both Chris Farley parts. In that, uh, <laughs> well, the, yeah, if we do the Chip and Dale, I'll do a Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. I want to be the one that was Magnum, and you can be the one that was Indiana. Okay, yeah, I'll take that. Was it I, Dale? Chip, Dale was yeah, the Chip, and then Dale. Yeah, yeah nice. Okay, I'm, yeah, that's what I want. Or Monterey Jack, or cheese. Oh, I guess. Yeah, I guess I'm. And you do like cheese? Who doesn't? Anyway, so Magic Mike's Last Dance, Titanic. There's some movies coming out there for your Valentine's weekend. You can plan your date. Uh, support local. You know, if you if you are going to go out on a date this weekend, be courteous. You know, if this is the one weekend of the year that you're like, let's go to the theater, baby, and you have a terrible experience, maybe think about the fact that you picked one of the busiest times ever to go, and you're like, this is why we never go out. This was terrible. It's like, have a little patience. Have a little bit of compassion. Know that um, everybody is all so coming out on the same weekends this is like a weekend that i don't like going to a dinner and a movie because it's just not fun the waiter wait staff with wait staff the hostesses everybody the chefs are pissed the the ticket concession people are pissed there's you know what you could do you could find a foreign film to go to that not many other people will be in you could jake's foreign films what (laughs) yeah anyway uh, Magic Michael is that the uh, movie you're going to be talking about hey. later? Yeah. Um, Vince says, "Don't do Valentine's Day or don't do Mother's Day brunch." Pro tips: They just oh, just Mother's Day brunch sounds like yeah. Just nightmare. don't do it. Don't do it. It's not. It's not smart. Go like the next week. Go early. Go later. Um, yeah. Just don't go when everybody else is going. You're not going to have. No one's going to have fun. And if you do go, tip appropriately. Even if you get bad service, it's probably not their fault. It's kind of yours. So do that um and dina says v-day is the only day that she can't go out because of the, the all the fixed menus yeah um and and again yeah it's, it's all booked up you you know that's tasting menus because again they know they absolutely know all the good restaurants are no nope it's a fixed menu this is valentine's day menu we're gonna have way too many people that are gonna have way too many like stupid requests and you eat this this is what you eat they're not doing those fixed menus to be like ooh la la for you they're doing those fixed menus so that they don't kill themselves at the end of the shift like that it's for their own sanity they're like all i gotta do is make this filet mignon for the for the guys and i gotta make this chicken breast as the alternative and one vegetarian dish i'm gonna make a thousand of them and then we're gonna be done for the night we're gonna make we're gonna make lava cakes we're gonna make more lava cakes than we can see and then we're gonna you know the amuse bouche it's gonna be a spin a spoonful of bullshit Moose bouche. A moose bouche. Yeah, it's a little bite at the beginning of a meal. Um, any, um, and as Dina says, there aren't any fixed menus for one. This is true. And um, I have done a fixed menu for one once at Theo's and tipped huge. And they were like, thank you so much. This was amazing. Um, because they didn't have to waste their time on a, like four crotchety buttholes that weren't having fun. And uh, and I tipped more than all of them would have combined. And they were like, oh, yeah. And they got to hang out with me. So uh, and watch me get drunk. That's and the s- real treat. Yeah, getting drunk and sad on another Valentine's Day, my least favorite holiday ever. Um, okay, well, um, 
we've come over the up and coming movie releases. Uh, there was some stuff hitting streaming. There was I Mordecai, which probably isn't going to get uh, a very wide release, but it is uh, starring Judd Hirsch and Sean Astin and Carol Kane. You can probably check that one out on streaming pretty soon. But there you have it. Um, okay, well, let's talk about some movies that we saw, shall we? Let's do it. Um, I feel like I've been talking a long time. You want to you yeah. get yours? Yep. All right. Yeah. So uh, I think last week it was, I, I came in, I talked to you guys about a couple of Tamil movies and a Hindi, and uh, now I have for you a Telugu, Let, just to, to round it out, uh, the uh, Telugu release of this past week, Michael. Um, basically, uh, just imagine what it would be like if you took Baby Driver and John Wick and you put them together in a Indian setting. It's pretty good. I feel uh, like this is the last three Hindi and Telugu movies. You're just like, it's just action and romance and more action. Uh, this one is lots of action, mm-hmm. uh, minimal romance, but that is one of the driving factors uh, of the story within the movie. Uh, no real big musical numbers. Uh, there's like two, uh, yeah, like two musical scenes in it, but there's not like the, the actors themselves aren't like acting like they're the ones singing. It's strictly like background music. And one of them is, has like a wire foo type thing going on. Okay. So this is shot very visually, uh, like, uh, an art film in some places there there's a lot of visual storytelling um the the way that lights will will single out people or the way that um things occur in in the background or the way that characters are, are positioned together and everything helps to tell the story it's it's one of the more artistic um indian movies i'll get, i'll get to talk to you about in that sense uh but that doesn't hold true for the whole movie. There's portions of this movie that seem like they're directed by like a whole different person almost. Uh, because it is very much like John Wick and Baby Driver. But there's also this deep character of the film, uh, Michael. Uh, and he's... You see him, it starts out and he's a kid and he's eating and this woman's begging for money from this man who is withholding her paycheck and she needs it for her kid who's sick and stuff and it's her money but the guy won't release it. Uh, So Michael as like a young boy just walks up, takes the money, the guy tries to keep it, he stabs him in the hand and stabs him in the chest, hands the woman the bloody money, he says take what's yours, don't let anyone uh, keep anything that you've earned. And then he walks off and she's like, they will sing your name as a God. You're the titties. Uh, and then from there, heck yeah, it turns into like a crime mob movie. Uh, and the whole thing is there's this mob boss who's taken over like Mumbai or something. Uh, or, yeah, Mumbai or Delhi, one of the bigger cities. Uh, and he runs like all the CD bar scenes and, uh, this dude comes up and he's about to like stab this uh, mob boss dude. But Michael, as this kid, stands in front of that guy with a knife and stops the assassination. So they bring him into the mob boss's home and he gives him to his right hand man. He's like, raise him, you know, and, and we'll keep a, a watch on him. And then the next time you see Michael, he's brought in the mob boss's life is at risk again. No one else is willing to help him. 
he's getting like Caesared. He's getting like Julius Caesared. No. <laughs> Just like all these dudes are taking turns, like stabbing and slashing him. And then Michael steps in, saves the day, becomes his trusted man, and he puts him on a mission to find the last assassin that he can't find. He's like, we've already cut the arms off. You are the last assassin. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. He's like, we've cut all the arms off and, and killed all the dudes that tried to kill me except for one. We that can't find him. That would have been a, go- a good musical number. Like oh, doing have. a remix of the glow. Uh, so he's like, go find uh, this girl and her dad is going to be the assassin. And, and that's how we're going to get a hold of him. And of course he falls in love with the girl or whatever. And, and the movie occurs from there. Um, but they even have like the whole John Wick scene where the the son, the biological son of this mob guy is like, yo, let me, let me kill this dude and everything. And uh, it's after Michael has kind of started protecting this girl and and seemingly flipped on him mm-hmm. uh, from the mob guy's perspective. But really, you find out that Michael's doing the right thing. Uh, but of course, they don't see it that way. So he goes, uh, you can't kill him. You, you can't do it. Don't even try to kill him. I'll handle this. And the son's like, no, I can do it. And he's like, you, you messed with the wrong guy. There's nothing you can do. If you go after him, he will kill you. Uh, it's like the whole thing from John Wick where he's like, we call him Oni Baba or whatever the whole thing was, you know? Uh, but it's good. It's, it's action. It's, uh, small bits of romance. Uh, but it's kind of like a, a mobster action John Wick movie, uh, with a lot of baby driver thrown in, uh, and, and, it's kind of it built a world and in a universe that it can continue to explore and it does end up setting itself up for a uh, a sequel but um i i liked i liked all of it every part of it was uh enjoyable it was not as predictable as i would uh make it sound um and its descriptions there but they clearly did take influences from movies that you would recognize certain scenes from and things like that. Well, I mean, they do that pretty often. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Um, But I would recommend it. It's interesting enough and it puts enough of a twist on something that you've you've seen before to make it where it's uh, familiar but still compelling. Uh, And he's not as immortal as someone like um, John Wick would be. He he still gets taken down and, and, and beaten and he has to really struggle and fight uh he's not like one of these dudes in a lot of these uh indian movies i watch where they're the king of this town and every time they step foot somewhere like wind blows and everyone's like oh no you can't mess with this guy but there are parts in the movie where his tenacity makes him seem that way to the uh to the enemies that he's fighting Uh, but you get to see how he inflicts that perception on them and then afterward, once they're out of the picture or he's like beating them down or they've run away, he's instantly vulnerable again because he can't keep it going. So mm-hmm. uh, they they do a, a good take on that. Like, there's no way you can take on this guy. He's not real. He's not human. But they keep showing him as a human. And you find out like all of his reasons for his persistence in uh, uh, everything stemming back from his life. And the, the flashbacks are placed uh, in, in a... Uh, a better way than most of those movies will do where you get halfway through and they're like, Oh, but here's what really happened. Uh, and you go through like the whole scenes again, or, or you go to the past before revisiting the, the uh, present once more. 
it's very interesting. Uh, it's it's really good. It doesn't have anything to do with uh, archangels um, playing pianos, you know, in the middle Different of Michael. Kansas. Yeah, but uh, it, is it playing around here? It's it's, it's Springdale. We have it okay. at one theater. Uh, but if you can find it and watch it, uh, that's a good foreign film choice out there to to look into. Um, and it's something that's enjoyable. Well, right on. Well, uh, I need to jump into the next two movies because we only have less than 20 minutes to go. And Velvet I have... Santa asked if there was an intermission. Uh, there's supposed to be. They edited out at our theater. It said intermission do. and then immediately yeah. came back and it sucked because I had to pee. Because they're, yeah, two and a half hour long movies. Um, well, yeah, it's really not that long compared to like Black Panther. Yeah, but, true. Um, yeah. Uh, so I need to get through the two movies that I was going to talk about. Skinnamarink, uh, which I'm going to start with first, and then I'm going to talk about the new film, Knock at the Cabin. Uh, I will try and be as succinct as possible for, for time's sake, but uh, we will start with Skinnamarink. Skinnamarink, uh, you've read about it. You've, you've heard people talking about it online. It's this new analog horror. Uh, it is on Shutter right now. Uh, Dina just said tried to watch it on uh, Shutter last night, and it hurt my eyes. I loved how it was like trying to see in the dark, but it gave me a headache. Um, so this is a movie that I think works way better in a theater setting because it is you're already in a very dark environment. Um, you know, it is calibrated correctly. You know, your projector is very bright. This movie is looking into darkness um, uh, for a long time. Um, a lot of people are. You know, kind of going, oh, yeah, this movie's such great analog horror. And I'm willing to argue that so many people that love this movie try hard to pick movies that make themselves seem more intelligent than they really are. Um, I did not. Uh, Al Topich says, looking into darkness for jump scares that never come. There was one. There was one jump scare, which was stupid. And it was more of an audio jump scare than anything else, which really drives me nuts because I don't like loud insane noises that that uh, come out of nowhere because you know hurt your ears and that can be damaging um sound guy stuff but you know one of the things that after i i sat through this entire movie um and i was with uh, my buddy carson and uh i was like man and i didn't i you know i don't do a whole lot of research on i want to read reviews before i see i kind of go in fresh and i said man i you know this movie wasn't bad wasn't certainly wasn't great, but I felt like it would have been a really good thirty or forty minute short film, not a hundred minute feature length film. And then I get home and I'm doing a little research, and then I find out that oh, it in fact is based on a 2020 uh, thirty minute short film that he did uh, on YouTube, and it should have just existed. And I watched it, and it should have. That's it was good. That was really good didn't need to go any further than that and I feel like that's where this movie falls apart because you know everyone's like it's a masterpiece an analog horror and because no one else understands us I'm gonna call it art and because you don't like it therefore I'm going to make myself be, feel extra artistic on a pedestal on a movie about the corners of houses and um it's you know analog horror is, uh, for those of you that don't know what the genre is analog horror is movies that kind of evoke that bit of uh, you know nostalgia from analog recording devices VHS tapes like you know security camera footage Blair witchy kind of stuff that's analog horror eight uh, millimeter film you know things like that things that's grainy and uh, for for kids that were probably born in the late 90s that uh, it follows would not be analog horror because it was very much shot in high definition we're talking like most of the camera work being in sort of shaky you know antiquated style looking formats um, or you but, said the security cameras like Japanese uh, 
like Juon or, or Juni. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and anyway, in this film, you know, it it, it was brilliance is in the sort of subtleties of what makes us scared of an environment. You know, places are dark. You know, making somewhere where you're familiar unfamiliar by focusing in on, on these places that you don't normally look at, right? And the story takes place of it's, uh, you know, these kids. It's a, You never see them. You never see anybody's faces in the whole movie. It's generally their voices and their feet and maybe like a corner of their shoulder. You don't, you know, you see one face in the whole movie and that's the jump scare. Um, but this kid at the very beginning kind of like falls down the stairs and uh you know gets hurt he and, and his six-year-old sister kaylee says it was like a sleepwalking incident and you know kevin's taken to the hospital brought back home um and uh he hit his head but sometime later kevin and kaylee wake up in the middle of the night and their father's kind of disappeared they can't find them and then objects in the house like doors and windows and uh they're kind of disappearing certain things are hitting you know being on the ceiling and it's um you know it's very unsettling and the kids are trying to figure it out and wonder what's going on and then through the end of the movie you get this like rumbling voice that's like calling out to them and wanting to play and you know there's a lot of interpretations you can do with this i i kind of wanted to think like okay well maybe kevin died you know falling down the stairs and he's kind of in a weird limbo state or maybe this is just a weird you know um concussion dream that this kid's having and we're witnessing it and um but it is very haunting cuz you're a lot of it is just you know, uh, public domain cartoons on the TV. That's the only illumination in the room. And there's like, you know, it's the bottom corner of a house plant next to a nightlight that you're staring at for like two minutes. And it's like, daddy, that's the whole movie, like for, you know, 100 minutes and it works for about 30 minutes and then the rest of the movie, I'm like, okay, I I really got it. And as Vince says, that does sound scary. It's incredibly unsettling um, for about 30 minutes. And then the longer it goes, the more it kind of just leans into, I've already seen this. It kind of becomes, in my opinion, it kind of became parody. I'm just like, okay, we've looked into this darkness. And one thing that I did think they did very well was using film grain you're staring into the darkness waiting for something and the grain starts to it's not it's not natural film grain if you're if you're looking at and i think this is something that you could really only catch in a theater they would use like pulsating grain and things that would move like this where traditional film grain is more of like a static and you know an uh, an up to down you know because of the anyway i'm not going to explain how magnetic tape grain and then film 24 per second grain works but um, but it became an entity in itself because you were staring at it for so long. And I thought that was really cool. But again, as a feature-length narrative, it really fell apart super quick as, you know, uh, Kaylee disappears and she gets gotten by the, the, the beast. And so it's just Kevin by himself trying to understand what's going on in this, this sort of nightmarish, I'm alone in the dark and my parents are, are gone and my sister's gone and I don't know what to do. And then there's a scary monster under the bed or something that's calling out to me. Um, Dina says that she could catch that on her TV, noticed it right away. It's pretty neat. Well, cool. And hopefully your TV is dialed into the correct settings because I do fear that people would be watching this on a HD TV 
uh, at home with like the sports motion blur and the HDR garbage. Right. And it would just make it a really, really rough. Dina said it kind of reminded her of being up late as a kid and watching Tales from the Crypt. And yes, that is the feeling that I evoked from this is that when you're up late, you're watching TV, you're past your bedtime, you know you're doing something that you shouldn't do. Um, things, things like your own place that you feel familiar and safe starts to feel scary and unfamiliar and you know your imagination starts to run wild and you 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 know the shadows and bumps and creaks and your own home becomes unfamiliar and haunting and terrifying and um in that respect this movie was really cool just watch the short film you don't need to sit through 100 minutes of it the the 30 minute version is just fine and i think you'll really like it so skin a rink there you go <clears throat> I've got another movie to review. Don't have a lot of time. Uh, Fear's apology asked earlier if there's any comedic elements in Michael. No, there weren't. No comedic elements. It was all action-y type things. Uh, talking about uh, short films that were made horror movies. Apparently this past year, a Spanish film called Piggy was released. I kind of want to find it and see it because it's the same thing. It is a short film that was made. The short film's actually really good. It's about all these girls that terrorize this uh, heavyset girl, and she's like in this swimming pool. They steal her clothes and run away with them and all this, but there's like a creep that's been watching her. Um, but they run away, and she goes, and she's having to walk down this long road to get home, and people are honking at her and, and trying to pick on her, and eventually she takes this path and sees the creep's truck, and he's uh, this like bloody hand slaps her window. It's one of the girls that had been messing with her and that creepy guy throws her her clothes that he got from those girls and then she's left with the choice does she say anything to anyone about it or does she just let him go and murder those girls that were mean to her and that's kind of where it ends it's fantastic it's really good I love endings like that yeah, yeah. I, but I want to see what the full version of the movie would yeah. be like well alright well that is in theaters as Dina says it's fun but it's not as deep as the pretentious kids are making it sound my point exactly people try to find meaning in these movies that other people don't like I mean it's whatever okay uh, we could talk a lot more about it but seriously running low on time and the one movie that I need to spend the most amount of time on because it is the newest movie in theaters I have the least amount of time to talk about so I'm going to try and get through this um, it is Knock at the Cabin which is the brand new movie which is the title of this whole podcast which we're only going to talk about for probably one minute um, and uh, I apologize for that so so uh, it's the new 2023 uh, film from M. Night Shyamalan, uh, Captain Twist, that everybody has pigeonholed him as. He wrote the screenplay, which uh, you know is from an initial draft from two other people, uh, Steve Desmond and Michael Sherman. It is actually based on a 2018 novel, The Cabin at the End of the World, by Paul G. Uh, G. Tremblay, and it is the first adaptation of one of this author's works. Um, it's got a really interesting cast. Uh, Dave Bautista clearly stealing the show um, in, in this uh, this role. You know, you don't see Dave Bautista a lot in kind of serious roles, um, but he plays the character Leonard, who is a um, elementary school teacher and basketball coach that is, you know, leading this group of uh, people that come to do this task. You've got Rupert Grant, you've got Jonathan Groff, um, you've got <clears throat> little up-and-comer uh, Kristen Chui. Uh, she was great in this film. Um, ben Aldridge also plays a co-lead. And then you've got a couple other supporting characters. And it's <clears throat> the premise, I'll be very brief, it is... Um, about this couple, uh, it is um, two gay men that have adopted a uh, an, an Asian daughter, and they are on a vacation out in the, in, in the woods in the beautiful countryside. And these four um, strangers that that seem to be from various walks of life approach them with this di very difficult choice. And at first, it seems very threatening and and whatever, but they are like, okay, well. 
now that we're in here and now that you're tied into a chair and now that you're listening, you have not very much time to pick which one of you has to die to prevent the apocalypse, right? And we can't kill you. You have to kill you have to choose one of yourselves and kill that person to prevent the end of the world. And they talk about these visions and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, of course, no one's going to choose it first. So one of these four people kills themselves and they turn on the TV and they're like, monstrous earthquake attacks the Pacific coast and thousands die. And they're like, it's beginning, which was insane today when I turned on the news after watching this movie last night. And there was a the eight point something Richter scale earthquake in Turkey killing 3,000 people, which... That was very weird, guys. Like seeing this movie and literally the next day turning on the news. There was a uh, earthquake in Buffalo, New York, or something like that, too. Dude, that was that was honestly the most rattling part of that movie was waking up the next day and seeing a headline from that movie, basically. Anyway, so I'm not going to go through the entire plot of this film, um, but I will say that this movie. Plays by the book. From what I've read, I've not read the book, but I went back and I read, you know, how the movie differs from the book. And M. Night Shyamalan sticks really closely to the source material up until the third act. And the third act where it differentiates is because um, the original author, uh, in the original story, the, the, the young child dies by accident. And the two uh, men are, are left to make a choice. And they, they, and they don't make that choice, right? And you kind of are left with this ambiguous what's really going to happen is the is the end of the world for real or is this all this just bullshit and coincidence or whatever but M. Night Shyamalan's like no I'm the you got to see what happened guy like that is one hallmark of all his movies is he's going to let you know everything that's going on you know and why it's going on and so you get this depiction of the apocalypse and all this kind of stuff that's going on so you really get to see you know how the sausage is made so to speak and some people are kind of critiquing him for it I think that it was the best choice to make this translate to screen to obvious you know regular what's good guy audiences I think if they had killed this little Asian girl with a bullet to the face like it was in the novel that would not have flown very far and um you know people would have been a lot more angry at this movie but uh this movie is very uh, biblically parallel about the four horsemen of the apocalypse and and judgment day and you know uh where we have come as a society and and choice and family and bonds and sacrifice you know and and it it has all these themes that seems very deep and heavy, but they're really not, and they're very obvious. Um, and and it and honestly, I thought it was kind of a fun little movie. You know, it wasn't scary. It wasn't. It wasn't even very suspenseful. Really, it was just kind of like, oh, this is weird. I want to see what happens. And you know, you get some interesting character play. You know, all of course, all of the themes being like all of these different people from all of these different walks of life. That that you know um, that generally are kind of only existing in their own world or having that are all in one room having to come up with some very difficult decisions and you know maybe you can pull some parallels about like what goes on in our day to day lives of how people can't get along and how people can't see the humanity in other people and the good of the whole when they're so left in the the selfish nature of what it is to you know your id or whatever if you want to if we want to get really psychological about it but. Um, 
But yeah, you know, the movie clearly not trying to be as smart as it could have been because this is, again, an M. Night Shyamalan blockbuster suspense thriller horror movie, even though I wouldn't classify it as a horror movie. People do die in this movie, but it's not horrific. Um, but it's an interesting, almost like a Stephen King's The Stand kind of story, you know, where um, Night Alice says, did I like it? I enjoyed it. Yeah, as for an M. Night Shyamalan movie, I think that this movie showed how good of a filmmaker he actually is when it is comes down to technical ability as a filmmaker. You know, I think that his technical ability as a filmmaker is is great. Like he can make great movies. His his um his ability to, you know, to set scenes and and light and pace and, you know, frame and and do all that stuff. He he does have a lot of skill. Um, but where it kind of falls apart is our expectations of him as a screenwriter, you know, and, uh, as movie Albert suggests, this is the movie old. I actually enjoyed that film as well, but everybody was like, Oh, the, the twist at the end wasn't that great. And I was like, well, it's not about the twist at the end. It's about the movie. Like watch the whole movie. Um, and I think that he is a, he's a very talented filmmaker that, um, I think would should probably stop writing screenplays. Just direct a few movies a few times, you know, and just back away from people expecting that of you. Who wrote Last Airbender? Well, he, he he was trying. That was an impossible task, I will say. I mean, and if you go back and you watch Last Airbender, visually it's not a bad movie. It's cast kind of poorly. The dialogue's written like shit. I think he did help write the screenplay as an adapted screenplay. I think he just needs to stay out of that. And just direct, just direct a movie. Um, you know, uh, last last Airbender. There's no way, no one would have made that movie good. That was an impossible task, an impossible mission, mission impossible. Um, couldn't have couldn't have done it. Um, it's way worse. Uh, like the first season of his show, Servant. It's way worse than it, it could possibly be. You know, I I just I don't know. Like. I feel like this movie was a good example of what this guy can actually do. Um, but, uh, you know, is this movie going to be something you remember? Is it going to be something you're going to revisit again? This movie's content. You know, it's going to be uh, in your queue. You're going to watch it. You're going to pass by it. Um, you'll probably enjoy it. It was funny seeing Rupert Grint, a.k.a. Ron Weasley, uh, on screen n- not being Ron. Um, but playing, Does he have an American accent? He does. He's just like a... a, a a, a bigoted American he's what's good guy basically in the movie and um, that was pretty pretty interesting um, but yeah you know Dave Batista Dave Batista ladies and gentlemen was so good in this movie and and such a joy to watch um, I'm you know I am very excited about seeing Dave Batista's career after we now that he washed his hands of Marvel yes publicly where he was yes. like, sure, I'm glad I'm done with Drax. Never doing that again. Disney can suck it. Boom. Because he does have a lot of talent. And I, I feel like, you know, a lot of people that get pigeonholed and typecast into these incredibly physical roles because of their physique, um, you know, it, it's harder to break out of that typecast. Uh, and I, I am I am looking forward to great things from Dave Batista um, as a, uh, you know, wrestler turned actor. So. Wow, Dina coming in with a hot take saying he's the best wrestler actor. Uh, maybe you've never seen Mr. Nanny or Suburban Commando or No Holds Barred. 
I've seen all those movies, and I don't know what wrestler you're talking about, but uh, Hogan, bro, Hogan is not a good actor. Um, Did you see Suburban Commando? I most certainly have seen Suburban I'll Commando. Rest my case. Oh boy. Uh, Velvet Santa says, "Let Lloyd Kaufman do a Last Airbender." Or uh, yeah, uh, do it. Yeah, let Lloyd Kaufman do it. I want to see the trauma uh, Avatar oh, movie. Uh, on the Dave Batista note, one of my friends actually got to work with Dave Batista on a film and said he's one of the nicest guys ever on set that he's ever had the, the uh, it was a to work with. Kickboxer, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, and I actually got I, I, they they offered me a job on that set, but I didn't. It was like in Louisiana, and I was going to be gone for a while, and I didn't want to mess with it. But uh, I, I missed out because I could have got to meet Dave Batista and, and work with him. But you know, oh, whatever. Logan says so. David Arquette. Well, Arquette was actor turned wrestler turned actor. So. Turn wrestler again. Um, Vince asks, have you seen Avatar, the animated series? Of course, we both have. It's great. I haven't. What? No, I've only seen like a few episodes. Then you have no business talking about the movie. We were too old to watch that show when it came out, bro. Uh, you can still watch it now and love it because it's great. Says the guy wearing a Yu Yu Hakusho shirt? Yeah, Yu Yu Hakusho's dank memes. Also, it was out in like the 80s. Way it's still a cartoon? Airbender. When did you watch it? 90s. Oh, yeah. You mean like last week at nine o'clock? <laughs> yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. All right, well, we're so uh, we're we're behind time. We got to do the top ten. I'm gonna turn it over to Jake. He's gonna give you the top ten movies in America this past weekend, February third through February fifth, two thousand twenty-three. We got to scoot through this. Uh, we all only give you domestic box office numbers because that's the ones that all the studios pay attention to. So, with that said, number t- number ten. Take it away, Jake. Big drop in the number 10 spot, dropping all the way from number three in its second week out, Patan, which I talked about on the show last week, brought in $2.6 million. Its domestic total of 14 and a quarter, uh, coming in at number nine, opening uh, Fathom Event, the chosen season three finale. Apparently, that show is a big deal amongst. Um, you know, really Christian uh, people. They love it. I've seen parts of it. It's not bad. It's it's done pretty okay. Uh, 3.6 million brought in for that for a total of 5.29 million at the box office. Um, number eight in its third week out, Missing, uh, brought in 3.7. Its domestic is sitting it's at dropping down 3 million. I almost saw that this weekend as well. I, I, I'm curious if it's going to be in theaters another... I mean, it'll be another week, but man, number eight already. Oof. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, what surprising to see in the top 10 still is at number seven, Megan, in its fifth week out, but also available at home on demand. Uh, so it's still hanging in there. 3.8 million at the box office this past week, uh, bringing it up to 87.6. Uh, and again, you can watch that at home, so it's surprising to see it still up there. Uh, and then number six, uh, in its sixth week, A Man Called Otto, Tom Hanks, Grumpy About a Cat, uh, four and a quarter million dollars this last week, its domestic total at 53. Uh, and then talking about cats and attitudes, in its seventh week out, number five, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, 7.8 million, its domestic 151.2. I think it did better than what it looked like it was going to do when it there was, was first released. There was another animated cat movie that came out, The Amazing Maurice, that was in only uh, 1,700 theaters nationwide, but it opened up at number 12. So. Dang. Yeah. Uh, and then number four, first week out, BTS yet to come wow. in cinemas. Wow. Uh, $8 million brought in so that people can watch uh, K-pop boys uh, or what remains of them, because one of them is having to do his mandatory military service that Korea requires, like Starship Troopers. Um, 
Korea and Israel and one or two other countries and make you do that. Uh, and then number three, uh, Avatar, Way of the Water. I going to do like an Elvis-style special with him when he comes like the oh, maybe. BTS. Well, like, Korea instated in a, a law just for BTS so that uh, their group of members didn't have to do that service for a couple of years so they could keep going for a few years. They they ha- they staved it off just for them. Um but uh, yeah, Avatar: Way of the Water brought in 11.3 million. Its domestic total three uh, 636, just shy of 637 million dollars. It crossed that two billion line a while back. That's the number three highest grossing movie of all time, I guess. So now. it's just making dollars. Yeah, it made it where Zoe Saldana is like the only actor to be in four um, billion dollar or two billion dollar movies or something like that. So. Uh, and then and coming in at number two, and really, I watched droves of people pour out of this theater when I went to watch. Really, the were they day. all old people? Mm-hmm. And it's first week out. Eighty for Brady that you talked so much shit about last week. Twelve point seven million dollars. Eighty for Brady brought in more money than Avatar. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Okay, uh, I watched hordes of blue-haired women pour out of this theater and we're gonna see hordes more pour out this next weekend yeah it's gonna be tom brady and channing taylor oh baby <laughs> yeah double feature uh this old ladies having heart attacks uh and then coming in at number one the one that you just reviewed knock at the cabin 14.1 million dollars uh brought in by it not that big of a margin up against 80 for brady people are like oh m night Shyamalan, batista rupert grant wow uh, into the world. This is incredible. But Tom Brady and old ladies, dude. Like That's right. There we go. Sign us up. Uh, but an interesting box office nonetheless because, you know, you've got two movies that aren't uh, giant blockbuster uh, bait or, you know, based off of any big existing property uh, except for NFL, I guess. Um, not MCU, not universe building movies that are in the one and two. So, you know, that's pretty cool. You also have a... Uh a comedy, a foreign film, and you have a foreign concert. A uh, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's your top ten uh, movies in America, and we've got to get out of here. So, thanks for tuning in. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe wherever it is you watch us. You can watch us live every Monday night, eight o'clock Central Standard Time, on your Facebook, your YouTube, or Twitch. We love Twitch. We start a little bit early, so you can chat with us there, a little behind the scenes, a little BTS of our own. And you can download this podcast wherever it is you download your podcast to get the audio version only. But you miss out on all this fun chat stuff over here on your screen. So, uh, yeah, we will be back next week uh you can always check us out throughout the week on our discord which vince just dropped in the chat or it is in our com- or um wherever you find your channels it's in the uh the 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 channel description you can find our discord you can get in there you can chat with us all week long and all of our viewers we share lots of fun stuff and links and and you can get some of that stuff and uh some of the things that we're going to talk about for next week so it's a it's a it's a good time so anyway um thanks for tuning in guys we will see you guys next week And as always, um, I'm Bo, the Boom Operator. I'm Slick Doggy Grit. See you next time. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.